Hello everybody, Matt Hardman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast coming to you from the mobile studio today. And man, we got a jam-packed episode because we've got two race weekends, as I'm trying to keep from losing my voice, two race weekends to talk about. We also have some news on a NASCAR legend. We also have some throwbacks that are finally starting to uh, appear and so, so much more. Uh, So let's just get right down to it. We had, like I said, two race weekends to talk about. Uh, The first, NASCAR being in Martinsville two weeks ago. And this past weekend, we had Talladega for the Truck Series and the Cup Series. Then, on top of all that, we also had the Grand Prix of Long Beach. The, uh, the long-time staple on the IndyCar schedule going back as long as I can remember, if not longer. Uh, so we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about so, so much more. Man, I just really want to dive into this. Uh, so let's do it. Let's talk Martinsville, which was two weeks ago. We had a triple header, uh, and it did not disappoint this traditional old Martinsville, a lot of beating and banging and rooting out of the way, um, a lot of hurt fenders and hurt feelings, uh, as the weekend belonged to three drivers, three drivers, uh, at the end of the weekend, uh, could feel jubilated with theirs and a bunch of drivers feeling a little bit of, uh, a little bit of angst and anger and frustration, but uh, Friday night we would see the uh, the truck series, excuse me, try to get in a race in the rain, and uh, if you're like me and just driving in the rain, it, it's pretty brutal, um, as you can hear the wiper on my car going, um, but NASCAR tried to get their truck series race in on Friday night. Uh, and thankfully, Martinsville now has lights because uh, it would have been near impossible um, to try to try to cut this any closer. As they had a 10 p.m. start time due to the rain, uh, they tried to squeeze as much of it in, um, and it was Corey Hine picking up his first win, not Corey Feldman. The other Corey, Corey Hine, picks up his first win there, and man, um, really did that, beating out the old boss, the, the former boss there, uh, Kyle Bush. Uh, so we had that, uh, we move on to the next day, we have the Xfinity Series, where uh, a lot of good racing, a lot of hard racing, but at the end of the day was John Hunter Nemechek, who figuratively and literally burned it down. Um, picking up his second win of the season and, and literally burning the tires uh, with the smoke show he had going, um, which was, the irony was not lost on me and a lot of people that um, his sponsor for the race was Pyre Baker um, Fire Safety System. So 
Um, that was certainly um, a wild one. Uh, and then the Cup Series race, well, it looked like we were going to have a, um, a winner out of the Stuart Haas stable. It comes Kyle Larson picking up the win at a track that Kyle's not really good at at Martinsville. Uh, he, he does not have a stellar record at Martinsville, but still managed to pick up the W. And man, that was... What a way to do it, because um, he, uh, he picked up that win, but at the same time, he uh, got into it a little bit with Ryan Priest, um, as uh, Ryan Priest, who was the pole sitter, fell back um, with a pit road speeding penalty. Uh, I will say the, um, the Stuart Haas cars were strong all weekend at Martinsville. Um, Kevin Harvick leading a stage, Chase Briscoe, all four drivers leading some laps. Chase Briscoe took the lead, um, Ryan Priest, like I said, had, had that, um, had that hit road issue, sorry, um, just trying to see where this car was going, um, Ryan Priest had a pit road issue, but he won his first career pole and dominated the first stage of the race. Looked like he was well on his way to um, picking up the win before getting caught with that speeding penalty. And, uh, man, it, it was just on like Donkey Kong. But uh, we, we, saw, we saw a great, great race. Uh, great weekend. Um, the only issue with it is I kind of question NASCAR's call on really pushing to start the, um, the Friday night race. I know Saturday was booked because they did have a, um, a modified race in there, which featured the likes of Ryan Newman, Bobby Labonte. I believe even Ryan Priest competed in that one as well. But, uh, we had all that, so we, we had a, a good weekend there. And while NASCAR was competing at Martinsville, we had the Grand Prix Long Beach, uh, as I said, a longtime staple of the IndyCar series, probably the race outside of Indianapolis that is the most notable on IndyCar's schedule. Um, it's been a, a longtime staple, uh, going back to the 80s. And, um, there's talk that even F1 wanted at one point to steal that away from IndyCar. Um, but the Long Beach Grand Prix is, if you're an IndyCar driver, that's one race you wanna you wanna win. And um, if you if you make it your first time win, you're you're certainly doing something. Kyle Kirkwood from um, Andretti Autosport. I apologize for my voice being a little raspy and all. I've got a little bit of a cold. Uh, it's not just cold, it's like a cold and allergies all hitting me at the same time. Uh, and uh, it, it, it started up uh, within the last couple of days, but I feel like I owe you guys a, um, a, a show. I mean, I missed last week uh, due to work. 
Uh, and uh, this week I'm kind of right out straight, uh, going between different locations for my job. So I'm just trying to find time where I can. And right now I'm going to drive between two locations and I'm bringing you the show with it. So, um, but uh, anyway, we had, um, like I said, we had a, we had a, Kyle Kirkwood winning at Long Beach, which I'll be honest, Kyle kind of sliding into the spot that was previously held by Alexander Rossi. And, um, man, you know, Kirkwood certainly looking like he's going to be the next American star in the IndyCar series. And, um, and a, and a bright young talent. And I mean, I, I've said before uh, that we've had certainly a lot of great talent go through IndyCar, a lot of great young talent. Man, I mean, it, it's it's insane the young talent that we've had in the IndyCar series um, come through the ranks over the last few years. I mean, we've got Joseph Newgarden, although he's been on the circuit for a while. I mean, he's a great young talent. Uh, we've got Pato Award out of Mexico, an amazing talent. Um, Alexander Rossi, a former Indy 500 winner, who's only been on the circuit for, what, six, seven years, I want to say. I don't think it was much longer than that. Um, there is so much great talent, you know, and, and on top of that, getting American talent, you know, for these... Um, to, to really kind of rebuild that IndyCar audience, uh, which I, I, I will say, I mean, this is a step in a positive direction, you know, seeing um, how well they are um, progressing with that. Uh, so props Kyle Kirkwood. Um, I was kind of given the option of watching the Long Beach race or getting caught up on the Martinsville races. I ended up choosing Martinsville. Um, but I can watch the replay of Long Beach at any time, so that's what I did. And I, I, I was happy. I'm not an Andretti Autosport fan by any means of the imagination, uh, but I'm very happy for them, very happy for Kyle Kirkland. And like I said, he's got a big future in the sport. Um, this was just the first of what I think will end up being many wins. I, I definitely foresee him, um, you know, moving through, uh, you know, making real good progress through the record books uh, as the years go by. Uh, so, that was two weeks ago. This past weekend, we had three races, and um, before, I, before I forget, I don't remember if it was two weeks ago or maybe even three weeks ago now, and I, I forgot to mention it, was the fact that we had Tony Stewart... Uh, whose long and illustrious career um, through USAC, um, he, he's won in USAC, he's won, he's won in IROC, he's won in USAC, he's obviously won in NASCAR as a NASCAR Hall of Famer, he is 
the second ever IRL champion, uh, which is now the IndyCar series. I mean, is there anything Tony Stewart hasn't won in? He's won in the SRX series, the series he helped create. I mean, Tony has done everything and anything uh, that he's done. Uh, his newest challenge, obviously, had been um, NHRA. And I'm happy to say Tony has actually won a uh, Wally. And for those of you who don't really follow um, NHRA, the Wally is a, a, a overall win in your class, um, named after NHRA founder Wally Parks. And uh, Tony won the uh, top fuel alcohol division at Las Vegas. Uh, so that was a that was quite a big deal, and uh, you you had to appreciate Tony's love for motorsports, all kinds of motorsports. Um, so I was super excited when I heard that um, because I, I always put Tony up in that class of um, he's one of those guys who really really um, loves all kinds of racing. Um, and he's not afraid to race all kinds of racing. So we have that. Um, but we move on to Talladega. In Talladega, we did actually have three races, uh, two under NASCAR's top touring series. And we had the Arkham Menard series race uh, kicking off Saturday, uh, which would see Jesse Love. Jesse Love driving for... Um, Venturini Motorsports, the longtime stalwart in that series, and um, head, head team for Toyota in the Arkham Menard series, uh, pick up the win in the number 25 uh, Yahoo Toyota Camry. Um, in a, while it was wreck-filled, it wasn't, it wasn't the wreck-fest I expected. And certainly not the biggest wreck fest of the weekend. We'll talk about that one in a few minutes. But uh, Jesse Love picks up the win as he's uh, in search of the 2023 Arca Series title. Uh, he may have to wrestle that title away from a, a young man. The name may sound familiar to some of you who uh, grew up watching TV in the early early 2000s and late 90s, a young man by the name of Frankie Muniz. Yes, that Frankie Muniz. Malcolm in the middle himself, uh, the, the former child actor uh, turned racer, um, is the current Arkham Menard series points leader. I mean, that's insane that um, Frankie Muniz is leading the ARCA series points, and um, now, what would happen if he wins the ARCA series title? That would probably be insane, obviously. Uh, Frankie, who um, talked about trying to do this uh, last year and a little bit the year before, uh, has finally found a full-time ride with Mark Rett in Rett Racing uh, in the number 30 uh, Ford Mustang and, uh, you know, I, I think that um, while he's a little bit older than some of his fellow competitors, I think that um, just the name recognition should help 
put more eyes on the Arkham Menard series. Now, Frankie obviously is not the first celebrity to race professionally. Um, back in the day, in the IMSA Camel GT series, there was a Olympic decathlon athlete uh, that at the time went by the name Bruce Jenner, which competed uh, in that series. Um, Bruce, uh, who is now Caitlyn Jenner, I know, um, used to have a lot of spirited battles with team, teammate um, Scott Pruitt and uh, Willie T. Ribs. <laughs> um, there's good, real good stories from Willie T. Ribs involving Scott Pruitt and Bruce Jenner. Um, if you know and listen to any of uh, either his documentary called Uppity, uh, which I highly, highly suggest. I believe it's still on Netflix. I don't know. I don't have Netflix, um, but I saw it a while ago. Or uh, any of the podcasts he's done, like um, Dinner with Racers or um, anything like that. Uh, you get some good Willie T. Rip stories. And uh, he's a character, but uh, Bruce Jenner did compete against them in that series. Um, I believe Walter Payton, uh, the late, great Chicago Bears running back, uh, and at one point the all-time leading rusher in the NFL, um, before his record was broken by Emmitt Smith, uh, he used to race IMS, uh, uh, sports cars as well. Um, so, uh, there, there, obviously there's a lot of love, uh, from athletes, uh, in other sports, and I'm, I don't know if I'll do it again, I did, I did it on a previous um, podcast uh, where I talked about um, celebrities in motorsports, um, back on the Politically Incorrect Racing podcast, uh, which I'm sure there's still episodes floating around somewhere out there, uh, but uh, there there is a whole list of people who have tried uh, either on the ownership side or on the driver side, um, NBA athletes, uh, MLB players. Uh, there's even a story of a wrestler, uh, a very famous wrestler who um, was set to become a NASCAR owner before it being shot down by uh, head honcho of the WWE, Vince K. McMahon. Uh, so, um, well, well I, I, I highly suggest doing that. I might do that again as, like, a fun special episode. We'll take a look at some of those, uh, and, and see how they fare, you know, because sometimes name recognition doesn't always, um, mean anything. Um, but, uh, moving on, we've got, um, we've got two other races to talk about, and a lot of other stuff to talk about. Instead of just talking Frankie Muniz and celebrity racers, uh, we've got an Xfinity series, which, um, which I guess you could call a little bit of an upset, um, but uh, had probably one of the scariest wrecks in a long time, as uh, Jeff Burton, son of 2002 Daytona 500 Ward Burton, picks up his second career win in the Xfinity Series. Um, 
in his second win at Talladega. Both of his wins have come at Talladega, obviously first last year or two years ago um, with uh, College Motorsports. And this year he picks it up in the um, number 27 for um, Jordan Anderson Racing, uh, giving Jordan Anderson his first career win in the Xfinity Series as an owner. Um, and, uh, man, was that an exciting finish, but um, all the talk on the Xfinity race was the scary, scary wreck involving um, Parker Chase and um, I can't think of the young man's name now. Um, but it was a three-car wreck about halfway through the race, which saw the 0-2 of um, we would see the 0-2 of Blaine Perkins take a hard hit after being hit by um, Parker Chase, and he would roll seven times in the 0-2 Ollie's bargain lot uh, Chevrolet in Parker, uh, not Parker, uh, Blaine Perkins would actually get out of the car under his own power, um, be supported by his, by the support staff, and would be taken to a, a nearby hospital for observations and all. I mean, it was a really, really scary wreck. Thankfully, um, Parker was able to walk away. Uh, any kind of time you see a wreck like that, it's very, very scary. Uh, so, um, yeah, we definitely, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers are obviously with uh, Blaine Perkins, uh, because that was a, a fundamentally scary wreck. Uh, so, we have that. Um, but like I said, Jeff Burton, who um, picks up the... Um, Picks up the win, his second win, his first ever win um, with Jordan Anderson Racing, and the first ever win for Jordan Anderson Racing um, as a team. And that was certainly an unexpected moment, but we had a lot of a lot of drivers, I will say, who could have pulled off the upset. Um, Parker Kligerman, Ryan Sieg were up there. Uh, these were drivers that. Um, that traditionally you would not expect to be uh, in in contention. Um, Anthony Alfredo had a really fast car before being taken out in an early wreck. Um, Alfredo, who was driving for BJ McLeod Motorsports, um, and uh, be, if anything, BJ McLeod Motorsports uh, with their whether it's their cup program as Lift Fast Racing or as um, uh, their Xfinity program, they have been fast at the super speedways. Uh, it's just a shame that um, that the 78 car was taken out in this wreck um, because I think he could have been up there and been a contender. So, as I was saying, that was the only race of the weekend. Um, the final race of the weekend, uh, after the breakfast we had in the Xfinity Series, how would the Cup Series fare? 
uh, as the Cup Series veterans would and rookies. We did have two rookies in the field. How would they conquer the 2.66 mile, uh, five lane wide Talladega uh, super speedway? And uh, it was pretty tame for the first two thirds of the race. Uh, then all hell seemed to break loose. It looked like a full moon, but it was a good fun time. I guess you could say fun time for um, Kyle Busch as he picks up his second win of the season. As he kind of snookered the field, uh, Kyle, who actually would fall a lap down uh, early on after uh, spinning, uh, coming on to pit road. Uh, both him and Chase Briscoe would have separate incidents um, trying to get down to speed on pit road. Uh, but Kyle, due to strategy and due to some really wild cautions, along with a really strong um, ECR engine, uh, took his Chevrolet Camaro to victory lane, his second win of the 2023 season. Um, in any wild finish, wild finish as uh, Chase Briscoe, who I said was uh, had actually fallen two laps down, made up two laps uh, through the cautions and pit cycling and all, uh, would finish fourth uh, with Tony Stewart on the side of his car as uh, the old goat uh, would finish uh, in fourth place. But uh, but man, this was a wild one. Uh, there's a lot of, um, there were, there were a lot of moments that kind of made you wonder. At one point, uh, it was a four-car train, um, featuring Ryan Blaney, who had led the most laps for the day, but still ended up finishing in second, uh, after the late race restarts. Uh, it was Blaney, Amarola, Kevin Harvick, and Noah Gregson. I mean, what a motley crew that is um, going through, and um, they they were the, they were the four that were probably the the, uh, the the best four car tandem out there leading uh, leading the draft, and um, it went all for naught for um, Noah Gregson as late in the race he chose the outside line. While Blaney chose the inside, kind of breaking up their um, their their drafting duo, their drafting tandem, and Ross Chastain, who has already uh, got a uh, quite a big um, his his list of drivers that do not like him has probably grown by now, as Ross tried a bold three wide move and um, takes the air off Gregson. Uh, a bold three wide move which uh, saw him kind of rough up a little bit. Gregson before making this three wide move kind of played a little bit of bumper cars between the two. Taking out Gregson and um, causing one of the first big wrecks of the day. Uh, later we would have Joey Logano um, a uh, 
our, our reigning and defending Cup Series champion to be involved in another wreck with Corey LaJoy, where he just mistook uh, the closing rate of LaJoy and caused another car wreck. Then Bubba Wallace, who was set to snooker a win, which would have been his second win at Talladega, his third ever career win, um, battling um, one of his best friends off the track, Ryan Blaney, uh, after multiple blocking attempts by Wallace, uh, he could, he gets involved in another wreck um, while making contact with Blaney by just misjudging the whip. And some of these were really boneheaded moves, um, particularly Chastain's and Logano's. Uh, actually, all three of them were not. I'm not even going to go particularly. They were all three bonehead moves. Um, but what we saw out of, you know, there was a lot of buzz on on social media over over these uh, these moves because they were all to be kind of unnecessary. I mean, Wallace's was probably the only one that was understandable, uh, but you can't block three lanes of traffic at. Uh, Talladega uh, without putting yourself in harm's way. Uh, Chastain's was just a very poor move. Um, he was getting a, a push from Kyle Larson, uh, who was involved in the wreck. Um, so it really was it, it was really badly planned. And Joey Logano, who, who kind of came away with a lot of the comments from social media about these uh, bonehead moves, he came away rather unscathed, and I, I think deservedly so. I mean, it was just a, the tidiest misjudgments um, as uh, they were coming up on the seam of the track, and had it been another 100 feet, Legato would have cleared LaJoy, and that would not have been a wreck. Uh, but it was the tiniest of judgments, a, a split second. And also the fact that Joey is a two-time champion, been around the sport for many years. And while he doesn't always have the cleanest of reputations, he certainly has. Uh, the, apparently the internet thought that he's, a, um, that he's better at the job than, you know, the other two drivers that were involved. But uh, there was a lot of... Uh, I saw a lot of issues with uh, Chastain's move, and understandable, uh, and there were a lot of issues with Wallace's move, um, and, and as, I, as I truly believe that um, before the next, uh, particularly the next plate race, but I can see it happening before um, the plate race, is maybe it's time uh, that that the drivers really do have a sit-down. Um, the, the drivers meeting do what they did, what they held at Talladega over 30 years ago with Ernie Irvin, and, and just kind of settle them down. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't mind aggressive drivers. I mean, I'm a fan of aggressive drivers. I mean, Tony Stewart, Kurt Busch, um, Kevin Harvick, you know, Dale Earnhardt. Those those are the drivers that I grew up and I followed and I respected. Rusty Wallace being another one. 
but at the same time, there's a difference between aggression and, um, I don't want to say stupidity, but I do want to, I, I do want to kind of, uh, you know, just kind of say that, you know, that, that some of this was needless, um, and I really do think that maybe it is time to have a talk with Ross Chastain, kind of sit him down, calm him down. Um, and just, just make sure he understands that, you know, some of these moves that he's making, um, are unnecessary. I mean, we've all seen the Hail Melon. Granted, we all knew it was on the line. He knew it was on the line. Um, it, a move that will never be done ever again. Um, obviously now NASCAR put that in the rule book, but, uh, that was a move that we never thought would be done. It was a, it was a video game move. Um, but, you know realistically that was kind of a um, a very dangerous move uh, that Ross made that uh, I think after the excitement died down a lot of a lot of people in the industry and a lot of fans were like uh, you know there's there's bravado and stupidity and that kind of like could have gone either way um, it, it was stupid but it worked and um, I think that's the thing. It, it worked, and you just can't take chances like that. Uh, so that was that. You know, we have uh, Dover coming up next, which is going to be a very interesting race. Um, you know, because now we're going to kind of see who, you know, who, who falters. As this is Dover is a one-mile track. I'm kind of kind of expecting guys like uh, Ryan Priest or a Denny Hamlin uh, or even a Christopher Bell, our current points leader, to, to kind of be setting the way. Um, I, I don't expect any any surprises. I think it's going to be all the usual suspects um, there. So we have all that. Um, but we got some other news that we got to cover real quick. Um, we've, we've had the first splattering of um, NASCAR uh, throwbacks released. Uh, the first driver to announce their throwback is Nick Sanchez for Rev Racing in the Truck Series, as he will be throwing back a paint scheme very reminiscent of Mario Andretti's 1967 Daytona 500 winning car. Uh, Mario won the uh, Daytona 500 car in a backup car for Holman Moody as a teammate to, I believe it was Fred Lorenz in that year. Um, he, he will be doing a throwback to Mario's uh, blue and gold and red um, Ford Galaxy that he raced on his Chevy Silverado uh, Gainsbridge, which is the sponsor. That's a relationship uh, with Mario through um, them being a also a sponsor on Andretti Autosports entry in the IndyCar series. So we have that. Um, Cole Custer debuted his throwback for the Xfinity Series race um, at Darlington weekend as he will be throwing back to the Haas Automation um, Chevrolet that the late Jason Leffler ran in the Xfinity Series um, back in, I want to say 2003, 
um, as Leffler was working his way up to, through the NASCAR ranks. Uh, he drove for Gene Haas and he also Mason Chevrolet, also known, also the double zero there. Um, so I, uh, I, 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 I find that a fitting tribute. I, I, I kind of dig that one. And it was announced yesterday that Joey Logano, in honor of 50 years of Team Penske, will be throwing back to the late Mark Donahue. Uh, Mark Donahue, who gave Roger Penske not only his first win in IndyCar, but his first win in, um, in the Indianapolis 500. A first of a record-setting amount of Indy 500s. Uh, Roger has won as an owner, so I'm kind of really psyched on that. Um, I'm digging it. <coughs> I've heard comments on social media saying Ryan Newman's already uh, ran a car like that, but I, I think this has a special touch to it. There's something special about it, uh, as this holds the colors of the old AMC Matador that Mark drove to Penske's first win at Riverside as an owner. Yeah, people forget that uh, Roger had owned a team prior to um, coming back in the NASCAR with uh, Rusty Wallace back in 1991. People kind of gloss over the fact that Roger's been around the sport for a while, more than some people remember. So um, we have that. Um, so I'm kind of psyched about that. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more um, over the next few weeks because we're we're only a few weeks away from um, Darlington weekend. Hell, we're uh, a little less than a month away from the All-Star Race at North Wilkesboro. Like I said, as our countdown to um, episode 100. As right now, this is episode 96 or 97. Um, on my head. Way too, way too many and way too much driving today. Um, but uh, we have, we have all that. So um, you know, with that said, you know, we'll be looking forward to that, and we'll be looking forward to more of these throwbacks. Um, I might actually post them on the um, the Race Nerd Podcast fan page on Facebook, or um, or if you are. A member of Facebook who may actually post them in the um, the uh, the Racers in Racing uh, Happy Hour group um, on Facebook. Um, actually, I'll probably post them all there. Have a thread of all of the throwbacks that we will see um, because there's going to be a lot, and there's going to be some great ones, and there's going to be some that kind of fail to hit the mark. Uh, which we've had over the years. Um, we've had some of the obscure ones throughout the years and some really, really amazing ones. Um, <coughs> so we'll have all that. And uh, uh, one last bit of good news, and this was fitting that it was Talladega weekend that this announcement had been made, and that is one of the most famous voices of MRN Racing, along with the play-by-play commentator for the University of Alabama Crimson Tide, Eli Gold, has rung the bell uh, saying that he is done with his last cancer treatment 
and he is currently cancer-free. Uh, for those of you who've never listened to Eli Gold, he is... I, I put him in the same category as Jim Ross as there's just certain voices um, that you could hear of Jim Ross in terms of wrestling or of Vin Scully in terms of baseball. <coughs> certain voices that are iconic and Eli Gold is certainly one of those um Actually, Eli Gold may actually, outside of Ken Squire, may be my favorite um, NASCAR announcer of all time. No disrespect to Mike Joy, but uh, Eli Gold has that special kind of voice. Uh, so, anyway, with that said, I am Matt Hartman, and I will be back next week as we talked over. Hopefully without this um, cold and allergy thing I got going on. But until then... I uh, will see you at the track. Have a good week.